Got world. so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you question life a couple times, but it's okay, you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome to One Sick B. I am your host, Certified One Sick B. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. Shout out to Black Girl Magic Wines today. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I'm so honored to be blessed with a guest. Her name is Monet. She is an MS advocate. She's out here advocating for multiple sclerosis and sharing her story. She is a mother. She is a wife. She's God-fearing. So today, welcome, Monet. How are you today, Monet? I am okay. I'm, you know what? I'm doing good. I'm going to stop saying okay. And thank you so much, Brandy, for having me here. Thank you for uh, becoming. I COVID has changed a lot. Uh, a lot of people are going through different things. It has changed the world around us. Uh, how has COVID impacted you or what have you felt during COVID? I feel like COVID kind of encompasses my whole MS journey because I got diagnosed right before COVID hit. I got diagnosed okay. December 31st, 2019. So right before COVID started. And in New York, COVID hit us hard. So we've been locked down for a minute we're only now starting to get outside and even then i'm still a little apprehensive with the no mask and just whimsically walking the streets it makes me a little nervous but um but covid definitely impacted my journey a little more in particular because i just got diagnosed and everybody's isolating because we have to be away from each other because of covid so i felt almost like i was dealing with ms almost by myself i had my boyfriend now my husband um working with me through it but everyone was kind of uh-huh. looking at me from a distance I felt almost as if I was like behind a glass like everyone could see me but no one could really interact with me properly so I feel yeah. like it was a lot harder on top of everything I'm dealing with this new thing and everyone's staying away from each other and it was a lot it was a, it lot. Was a lot well let's get into it um as she said uh, she was diagnosed um at the beginning of COVID so one day well, I asked you today if you can give me uh, some information about yourself and when you got diagnosed, uh, if you felt like you had symptoms before your diagnosis and how this diagnosis has impacted you. Let's get into it. Sure, sure. So like I just said, I was diagnosed uh, December 31st, 2019. Uh, the only thing that led me to get diagnosed is in November. One um, Sunday morning, I woke up and half of the vision in my right eye was almost gone. It was completely blurred to a point that even my glasses couldn't fix it. I was basically almost blind in that eye. So that was about a week that I experienced that. I called my eye doctor in the interim to be like, hey, I'm experiencing this. Uh, And I saw him as soon as possible. And the Sunday after everything started, so it was exactly seven days. And I woke up and it was gone. And I almost canceled the appointment like oh, okay it's go- it's gone i'm good <laughs> yeah but some told me like don't cancel that because that's not normal to wake up and half of your vision is completely almost gone yeah. so i went and i explained to him what i was experiencing and he said that could be swelling in the optic nerve i didn't know that's a polite way of saying ms so he said you need <laughs> to go see a neurologist so i'm like okay so i'm thinking i'm listening to this man thinking okay it's really swelling in my optic nerve I've had incidents in the past where if I'm overly stressed, 
Yeah. I can get swelling. So okay. I'm like, okay, I thought that's what that was. So um, the appointment, my eye appointment was at the end of November, just off of just finishing Thanksgiving. But now we're getting into Christmas. So almost everyone was busy and not in the office. So I didn't get to see my neurologist until almost Christmas. In between that gap, I was numb from the top of my toes to underneath my breast. Everything was numb. So by the time I made it to the neurologist explaining the optic neuritis, now I know the term back then I didn't know. And then dealing with the numbness, they were like, more than likely you have multiple sclerosis. And my mom was with me, my father was with me and we were floored. I'm like, what do you mean multiple sclerosis? I'm 28, I'm chubby, but I have no other health issues. What are you talking about multiple sclerosis? They're like, all right, we need you to go get MRIs. We were still like, nah, can't be. Because I had no symptoms until yeah. that day I woke up in November, nothing. Mm-hmm. So we could not fathom. Couldn't believe it. You would think that you would be have more symptoms and yeah. have more of just the optic neuritis. Nothing. Nothing. I'm gonna touch on one symptom I may have had, but I'm gonna finish telling the story. So, so we go get the MRIs, whatever. We're still like, nah, it can't be. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's just like super bad diabetes. Maybe I just been playing around with the chocolate. It finally got me. Yeah. No, it was, it's multiple sclerosis. I got my MRIs done. I have multiple lesions in the brain and on the spine. Um, I think it's C-spine and T-spine. I can't remember which ones it is now, but um, I have multiple lesions throughout my spine and in my brain. So like, yeah, this is MS. My neurologist was still like, why don't you go get a spinal tap just to be sure? So I went to the hospital. Um, it took a minute because that's when COVID was starting. We just didn't know. Yeah. So the hospital's full of people. Yeah, um, and you in New York, so yeah, so everyone the, thought it was the, the thought of COVID and trying to figure out MS, the intensity, yeah. anxiety. So I, was like, I was like, why is everybody in a hospital for flu? I'm like, why isn't everybody in urgent care? I didn't know it was COVID. Right. So thankfully, I didn't get it somehow. But that's God, right? Because I was everyone had it. Everyone yeah. in the, in the hospital yeah. was there. It was only me that had a non-flu non, yeah. symptom. So finally, by the time I made it into the back. Um, I gave them my MRI disc. They looked at them and said, yeah, this is MS, but we can't diagnose you. The neurology team has to be the one to diagnose you. So December 31st, New Year's Eve now always has an extra disdain on it because that's my diagnosis day. So yeah, so that was that. Um, Prior to that symptom I had in November, I had no symptoms. I may have had, now thinking back, I had a small little dot of blurriness in my right eye, the same eye that I had optic neuritis in that led to this diagnosis. It was really tiny, but I I mentioned it to my eye doctor because I'm like, I noticed it when I'm doing eyeliner because I'm not skilled enough to just wing it. I have to close my eye. I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) So I I get it. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know how these ladies do it. So when I closed this eye to do the eyeliner, I noticed there's like this speck of blurriness that I, I blink and blink and I can't get rid of it. So I'm can't like, clear it. I'm like, is it my glasses? I'm like, it can't be my glasses. And then I noticed it's my actual eye. Like it's yeah. right in the center, this thing of blurriness. I mentioned to my doctor, he's like, oh, it's nothing. We all experience certain things. Then a year later, I wake up with the whole thing with MS. So I'm like, maybe that was my first sign. But that's it. And I have shaky hands, but I didn't think, now my hands don't shake, but back then my hands would be like this, shaking. But I'm like, maybe that was something, but that's it. Besides that, I was a regular person until I was- How did that affect uh, your relationships around you? Uh, Being, like you said, you, at that time, you just had a boyfriend, it was your mom. Uh, How, how did, how did 
MS impact those relationships around you? Were people supportive? Were they confused? What were, what were some of the things you dealt with at that time? Because you I'm got diagnosed people. during already a very, when the world transformed. Yeah, I definitely would say it was, it was hard, obviously. I feel like that saying hard is an understatement, but it was a yeah. lot of hack in one moment because I was healthy one minute, then boom, now I have this for the rest of my life. Yeah, but it's a death. It, it feels like a death of your past life when you get diagnosed. Well, for me, it felt like a death of my past life. That That's the past, you know, what does the future hold until you get through it and then you receive and you see that it's more. Exactly. So definitely. But it's, it's at, at the moment you're like, I, I literally was mourning my past self because I feel like I literally just lost who I was when I went to sleep and I woke up and now I'm this new person. Now I have this illness. My mom took it especially hard. I think of everyone. My mom is still dealing with it to this day. Yeah. Um, but she's getting better uh, over time and getting a little more used to the fact that I have this. Uh, my husband has been a trooper. He's been with me obviously from day one. And if he has felt an impact, he hasn't let me see what he's going through yeah Uh, almost I feel like he's a little too strong if he could hear me um but my friends took it hard my best friend of yeah we've been friends 25 years yeah I I had to call and check on her because she was going through it yeah so bad I felt I'm in the hospital bell calling her and be like are you okay how are you yeah because it's hard hard. I'm like listen you took it so hard you're sobbing that's how you know somebody loves you because that's how you that's how you know somebody loves you that's your love yeah my other best friend of of 12 years took it hard too a a lot of a lot of people took it hard my cousins were confused they're like what is ms i was like you got to google it because i had to google it because i didn't really know what it was um i'm happy to say everybody for the most part has not moved on but come to a sense of understanding that's like okay Manet's not dying you yeah. know she's walking because everyone was afraid I wasn't going to get my mobility back myself because yes. the numbness took my mobility it took about three months for it to come back completely um but yeah I think everyone for the most part is is more understanding they watched me like a hawk because, because MSG is the fastest thing to get me in the hospital so Chinese yeah. food gone certain seasonings like adobo wow gone can't use none of that anymore wow at least um, you have seen things at least you're noticing your body you're noticing yeah. what things are taking you down and that's good that you're very observant of your body uh what would you say if you could go back now after being diagnosed and being having a couple years under your belt what would be something that you would tell yourself upon diagnosis um i would tell myself this is not the end of my life even though it felt like it um, to give myself some grace that it's going to take some time to understand what this looks like for me, not how everyone else may deal with it. Um, and to not take everyone else's MS experience and take it upon myself. Cause yeah. when I started looking and, and reaching out to like support group and stuff like that, I saw people with a, a, a worse severity than me. Exactly. That's, and that's when your mind goes. Yeah. yeah. You know, because especially if I, I wasn't walking well during that time. So I'm like, I'm never going to walk again. I just started to love myself and like myself. And now here we are. So I definitely would tell myself to not to give myself time, obviously, to process it because you have to process it. If you don't, it's not going to it's just going to sit there in your system. You're, you're, anytime you 
ultimately have a symptom or you're thinking about your life, you're just going to shatter to pieces. So you need that time to cope and understand that, okay, this is what I have, but MS doesn't have me. Even though I used to hate that phrase, I'm like, oh my God, it's so cheesy. But Mm -hmm. now I understand it because it's true. Like, because there's so many times that an illness can completely take over you. You lose your identity, you lose who you are, you just fall into whatever the hell that you have. And then you just feel like you're no longer yourself. Because I felt for the first year or two, I didn't feel like Manet. I just felt yeah. like the chick that has MS. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm happy that I'm in year three and I no longer feel that way. It's like, I'm still Manet. I just happen to have MS. And that's just what I've been striving for. But if I could tell myself that back then, I would say, you know, it, it gets better and it gets livable because now my symptoms have subsided to the point where I don't really experience much anymore. Like I have yeah. some brain fog right now. That's a blessing. Um, I know. And, and sometimes I, I almost feel guilty that I don't have don't that much. Don't accept it. Be- yeah. Everybody has a different, there's no two people with MS that are alike and uh, it, accept it and be thankful for it and don't feel guilty about it because uh, maybe your battle is not as tough as somebody else's, but that doesn't mean that your battle is not hard. You still have MS. So allow yourself grace to know that it's okay if you if you're a person who does don't have that many flare-ups. You were blessed not to have that many flare-ups. But the reason that uh, I reached out to Monet is that Monet is a, a MS advocate. She's on Instagram. She has a, a large following, not because she has a large following, but she uh, she indulges and she educates and she speaks of certain things that uh, most people won't talk about with being diagnosed with MS. And she brings up relationships. She brings up self care. Uh, So I wanted to reach out to her and I wanted her to reintroduce herself uh, to the world and tell us about your platform, Monet, and what you're out here doing and and, uh, tell us about you and what this advocacy and Monet is about. Well, I'm happy to be on this podcast to take this moment, as you said, to kind of reintroduce myself. Because when I started this, I started with life with Moina, pronouncing my name that way, because phonetically, that's what it says. But, But my mom being the interesting Trini that she is, raised me to pronounce M-O-Y-N-A as Monet. That's not what that says, but (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) But I wanted to start this off being professional and and trying to be corporate Moina, which is, that's where I use that name is for work. But then I've noticed, because this will be my second year blogging and sharing my story and all that stuff. And I'm happy with what I'm doing, but I noticed I hit a moment where I'm like, this feels like work. And I realize it's because I'm using the name Moina. I don't identify as Moina. I know that's what it says. And I know when I'm outside and someone calls out my name, I know that's what my name technically is. But my family, my friends call me Monet. So I realized I had to rebrand because this is not life with Moina. Moina is not who I am. As weird as it sounds, I know that's what it says. But my mind and my heart is Monet. So... I wanted to take this moment, obviously, to speak with you, Brandy, because I think you're absolutely dope. And I love the fact you're so authentically yourself. When I was going through a weird transformation of trying to be authentically myself, when I was a little more corporate, more than I wanted to be. So now, life with Monet, which we'll have to get used to saying, but once you master it, you can't say it the other way. So everyone will be fine. It's there. It's Monet. It's Monet. As my trainer says, Monet with a Y. That's just Yes, that's it. Which I'm gonna add that to my bio now thinking about it. Jordan gave me a great idea with that. Anyway, um, so what I want Life of Monet to be um, is just an authentic rendition of MS from my perspective. I'm Black, I'll always be Black, I'll be Black till I die. So you're getting a very melanated version 
of MS because I love the other MS influencers and I think they are dope, but I don't feel like there's enough that look like me on the internet that have enough recognition. Um, and I'm no longer, Micah, be careful. Sorry, my son. Uh, I'm no longer going to make myself aesthetically pleasing because I caught myself starting to do that again from work with the upward inflection and non-threatening tone. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is this is your space. We're not doing this. We're not doing corporate speech. We're not going to sound aesthetically pleasing and an upward inflection and not sounding threatening. We're not doing that because if yeah. there is someone that is not a Black person in my space, they have to understand it's still my space. If you chose to enter it, that's dope be a proper ally, but I'm not going to make my space comforting for you. This is my space. I made a whole post about that. And listen, this is a blackity black space. If you entered it, understand what it is, respect it, but understand it's a blackity black space. So now that I'm stepping into life with Monet, I feel that I'm a little more charged with that. Yes. Like, listen, You're I'm you. real, I'm going to have a black sound in the background. I'm not using yes. that non-melanated yeah <laughs> like, i understand what you're saying and so, it's beautiful that you as yourself as monet sat back and looked at what you were doing and said hey this is fine and dandy but now it's time for me to be who i am and for people to remember that just because they see a face that i'm at the end of the day i am me i am a black african-american woman i am thriving with multiple sclerosis i am reaching out to other ms warriors and I applaud you for that. And I tip my hat off to you for you when self-evaluation is so hard. Uh, we are our hardest critics and we also are our, our hardest critics, but we're also our strongest ally to our own self. And we're already against ourselves with this disease. So you stepping out of that and stepping back in to reintroduce yourself. I'm so blessed that on my podcast that you are sharing your journey and coming out and being Monet. So what does Monet, no, not what does, excuse me. What is Monet? What do I look forward to seeing with Monet? What can I look forward to seeing with Monet? Well, frankly, Monet's trying to fight uh, imposter, imposter syndrome right now and trying to be consistent. Um, right. But I want to start um, being better with releasing more things on Instagram. I do have a a blog that's coming like a bigger I do have a blog that's coming where I want to share more about um speaking in a in a corporate sense of how to have that uncomfortable conversation with your boss or HR and yes. informing them that you have an illness of whatever capacity um being able to kind of stand in your own space and explain and get the accommodations that you need because I feel like Chronic illness is definitely a lot of people are afraid to talk about it at work. Yeah. And I feel like that's one thing that's lacking within all the MS advocates and all that, not being rude or dismissive. I don't see many of them that on, you know, some people are not working. And I get it, you know, based on your severity, you may not be working, but I'm someone that is working. So I think I could share that additional perspective that's lacking for the other folks that have a chronic illness that's working, that yeah. can't be home right now yeah you know? we have to just survive yeah and exactly. some people don't have that option some people have to even work through whatever that is that they're going through so yeah. you allowing yourself and opening the door to say hey I have MS 
I'm in the corporate world. Let me show you and how to maneuver the corporate world that you can make it through with your autoimmune disease. It's a beautiful thing. You are inspiring other people. You are encouraging other people who still are working like yourself and have this autoimmune disease. So you blogging about it. That's amazing. You creating a space where people can come and you can educate them. That's amazing. You are doing amazing things. You are advocating you are rebranding and being authentically you and I salute you for being authentically you I created this podcast and I've been in the business world I've been in the professional world but I knew when I created this podcast that I had to be authentically brandy I had to be authentically one sick B I had to be B so you rebranding and saying I am Monet congratulations and welcome Monet and I look forward to seeing the things that you are doing within the community with for the community and how you're doing with the community uh what advice would you give someone who is working and they're struggling to bring that conversation to their employer because those are hard conversations how would you uh how would you say you get started start the conversation First thing I would do is what I did for myself is I took notes to properly explain how my illness is impacting my job. Because the first thing they're going to ask is, okay, well, how is it affecting what you're doing? Especially if you need accommodations. Yes. Um, everyone says accommodations are there, but you need proper backing to rationalize why your accommodations are needed. I understand so, that. I had to get ADA approval when I couldn't walk in the building always. Uh, for my job wanted proof of me walking in the building I thought maybe me on being on a walker was enough you would think right but so I had to go through the ADA to get accommodated for an office why do I have to get procedure procedure. yeah (sighs) so prepare and have backing and understanding as to what you do and how it affects whatever even down to the minute of brain fog because a lot of people don't forget to include that um i know sometimes people are are scared to mention it because they're like oh i don't want people to think like i can't talk i can't forget my job yeah exactly but you can explain the fact that brain fog is affecting your cognitive ability to properly you know have conversations to articulate yourself to get things done across or frankly to get an assignment done in a timely fashion it was uncomfortable it was weird at the time i was working at another uh uh, location and i was working in on the communications team i'm like they're gonna think that i'm dumb i was the one black face on an all-white team who now has brain fog and can't speak in meetings they're gonna think they hired some buffoon and they're gonna fire me so I had to be candid and let them know, like, listen, um, you didn't get scammed. I am very articulate. It's just from here to here, there's a hole and brain fog. is just not allowing me to be the best Moina Boy, I can be. Yeah. It's so, hard. I might spot and I know what I'm doing. I feel like I felt like every time I was going back to work after work, I was um, having to prove myself that I haven't forgot that I do know the skills. Yeah you know, proving yourself when you having to take off time. So that's a good way to start. Uh, to, I, I didn't even think about uh, what you said to, to, to include brain fog. That That is a great piece of information because we don't think to include that. We just think that we are going through it, but there's no, you know, like, and I think people are scared to, to say that to an employer because they're supposed to be so accommodating and, but it's hard because you don't want your employer to look at you differently. Exactly. And I definitely would say go to HR first before going to your boss. Because after going to HR, because I went to HR first. Yeah. And I felt like I had more backing because regardless of however HR is, I know sometimes HR may not always have the best 
interests at heart for the individual outside of just protecting the company. And I understand that. But legally, if you have a disability, they have to be accommodating. Yes, so go they do. to HR first. So you have your legal backing mm-hmm. and then go to your boss and then mention to your coworkers if necessary. If coworkers needed, yeah. Mandatory. If needed. Right. Right. I think that's an awesome way to start. Um, I believe uh, advocacy is more you are advocating for and representing for a larger group. You are, it's Women's International Month. You are a woman who is working toward empowering other men and women who are facing this disease. You are working toward empowering minorities. You are charging infusing people with power and uh i think you're doing an awesome job Uh, i want to know what keeps you uh motivated well how do you get through these these moments what keeps you motivated to um to keep going um i think the main thing that kind of keeps me going is therapy first and foremost um i would be an utter mess if i didn't have my fantastic therapist Um, and I meet with her individually and I also meet for couples therapy too, because I thought it was important for Nick and I to also have someone to speak to because him being a caregiver and also my spouse is an interesting relationship. And I never wanted it to be that we get to a point where he's dealing with caregiver burnout and doesn't know how to express that to me because he never wants me to feel sad or feel guilty from my illness. So I felt that couples therapy was a good thing to kind of help us to be able to navigate these conversations and frankly have a better way of communication because sometimes if I'm not feeling well whether I'm sick or not sometimes I have the tendency to be a little short a little opinionated yeah um I've always been pro-therapy so that's been helping me um when it comes to social media stuff I I struggle severely I love doing it but in one sense I'm human and I naturally fall into comparing myself and feel like, oh man, this so-and-so has so many followers or she, she or he gets so much views on her stuff and I'm pushing to get like a thousand and I'm questioning what I'm doing wrong or should I just give up and what's the point and you know, so I... I feel like I'm dealing with that right now. I fall through this pitfall almost every other, every other week. I feel like I'm in this pitfall, but um, I understand it, it, the, the, it's the social media era where you, you know, in order to your content for people to get seen to grow. So that's natural, that's human, but uh, just know that what you're doing is fabulous and you're being seen, rather you believe it or not, you are being seen and you're being heard. And that's why I seen you, I heard you and I wanted to hear you authentically. So you're being seen and you're heard, honey know that don't compare yourself to anybody else because what you're doing can't nobody match and can't nobody be you nobody can be you but you god created only one you so with that one you you have to fiercely be you like you have been thank you thank you so know that I'm working on it. You're going to make me cry on this, on this darn podcast. Oh, no, <laughs> no. You know, I just want to encourage you because I see how awesome you are. And I feel like you're out there and you're doing it. So you, somebody needs to be seen and to be heard. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's all we're trying to do because we're advocating. So to be seen and to be heard is a part of the goal because that's how we can establish who we are. And that's how we thrive to grow for the following, to grow for the views, to say, hey, I'm out here advocating too. And I, 
I get that because everything is a competition. Uh, one thing I would remind you and I say to myself is I'm in competition with myself. So whatever I did last week, I need to do a better version of what I did last week. Whatever I did last year, how many ever interviews I did last year. This year, I got to compete with that, how what I did last year. Because I feel like if we look over into the clouds and look over into the other space, that's how we get lost. And we start losing confidence within ourselves because we see this is going, this is going. But if you stay in your own lane and know that your lane is created by you, which it is created by you, have authentically created a lane for you, you are going to thrive exceedingly and abundantly. You are amazing. Uh, another thing I want to ask you is uh, you are a mother. Uh, a lot of people are mother. I'm a mother. And how, as a mother, do you believe, uh, since your child is young, my kids are older, um, I told my kids I had MS in middle school, how do you think you're going to approach that situation? Well, I think in my situation, it's a, it's a little um, different because my son is autistic. So, um, and that's and, a beautiful thing being, a, I salute you being a parent of autistic child. Autism is, okay. uh, is very uh, popular. That's another topic of being a mother that has multiple sclerosis and also dealing with the autistic child. Come on now, you in your own lane. I know I'd be so tired. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is exhausting being a parent in general, but yeah. um, a parent to a special needs child is a little extra particular, but I will say my son has been striving. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is speech delayed, but we're getting a lot more speech now. He's a lot more independent. So, you know, um, that was something else I had to come to grips with in the midst of, of yeah. MS because we're getting ready for school. Yeah. And of course, that becomes another thing to compare. Other children mm-hmm. around Micah are talking. Micah is not yeah. speaking yet. Or the, oh, is he talking yet? Or, oh, is he doing this? Is he doing that? And I have to politely say, no, we're not there yet. Or, oh, we're working towards it. Oh, he's going to grow and he'll get there on his own time. Which and he's going to surprise you. But in that moment, you're like, oh my God, he's not talking. He's not doing these things. And everyone around him is. So now that I've stopped, especially with Micah, I still am shaky when it comes to myself. But when it comes to Micah, I've stopped comparing him to other children. Right. And I'm so much happier and so much grateful for everything that he can do. Because he's a beautiful child, regardless of whatever he's capable of doing or not. My son is gorgeous. He is a spinning image of his dad. I went through all that labor. He don't look a lick like me, but it's fine. <laughs> Honey, but, I understand. I have two walking around with one's just, one's my complexion, the other one's high yellow and I didn't do nothing. nothing. Well, I thought I did something. <laughs> 26 hours of labor and he got the audacity to be all dad. But whatever, it's fine. It's cool. My husband can never They're going to have our heart <laughs> and our spirit. So it's okay. Exactly. He has all my expressions and all my mannerisms. So I'll take that. So but he's doing so well and I'm so proud of him and for every new thing he can say for every new way of expressing himself and being able to hum and sing every single song lack of speech or not I am always impressed as to what my child can do and regardless he's going to be an amazing little little boy and a fantastic young man and that's just what we're looking forward to and that's all I'm focused on now is just getting him the best we can give him I've always From in my stomach, I said I will do everything I can to give you the best life possible. My mother has always been fantastic and has always given me everything I ever needed and wanted. And I always wanted to give that to my child. And I feel that I'm doing a pretty good job at that. So uh, I'm proud of of myself as a parent because I didn't think I was going to be a good mom. Um, And I don't. 
this topic will get me crying in a minute, but I'm proud of the mother that I am because I didn't think I could do it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. And my should be. I'm. I'm. I. I. I knew behind the scenes. I uh, about your about your son's journey, but uh, I for you to be a mother of an autistic child battling multiple sclerosis, you are amazing. You are teaching your child to be fearful and to go into the world. And you have been through the world. So you know what the world is and how they treat people and all we can do. Nobody gave us a book for our child. Rather your child's autistic, rather they're okay, rather they have ADHD, whatever the situation is. Uh, Nobody, we weren't given a book. We were not given a book with these kids name on it that said they're going to do this and this is probably the proper response or this is how we're doing it. We're going to we're winging it and you're killing it. You are advocating for MS. You are also opening yourself to announcing that your child is autistic, which is a hard thing because that's a private thing and people have things to say. So but don't worry, I got your back on that one. Uh, But, you know, I. I, I believe everything that you're doing is reaching an audience and you're going to reach an audience. And uh, is there anything else that you would like to say or you would like to address? Because this interview to me was, I was so proud to get this interview for you to come on here and to reintroduce yourself. So before I certify you once it be, please give us any other information and where you can be found at. Um, I can be found on Instagram, Life with Moina. It's spelled M-O-Y-N-A. Um, my blog is the same thing. Uh, M-O-Y-N-A is my name, but it's pronounced Monet. So, but we'll get you everyone used to that. Um, I do have a few other things coming out. I have, um, I'm working with We Are Illmatic, that fantastic nonprofit specifically for Black individuals with MS. That's so awesome. With them soon. Uh, it was about self-advocacy because everyone was kind of yes. Um, and I think I have something coming out with uh, ABC News slash Good Morning America coming out soon. Um, so I, again, I was like, what? But hey, they were under my comments like, hey, we'd love to talk to you. So I'm like, cool. So I don't have the dates for that yet, but uh, once I have it, I'll definitely put it on my page. I definitely will salute you. I definitely will be watching. I definitely will be so proud and honored that I've interviewed you. So, yeah, I I can't think of anything else coming on the pipeline, but I'm sure there's other things that brain fog is eating up, but um, it's okay. I'll keep everybody posted. Well, this is my favorite part of my podcast, um, that the reason why I started this podcast and it was to salute and to identify, to envision, to involve conversation, to educate people about MS and other autoimmune diseases, um, certifying one sick B, uh, Monet, you are coming out and reintroducing yourself. You have did a self evaluation. You are a mother of an autistic child who thrives, who thrives as a mother, who thrives for advocacy for not just MS, but for autism. You are a wife. You are an African-American female who is trying to grow and educate people with multiple sclerosis and to let them know who you are and to share your experiences that are personal and you're opening yourself up to the world. Uh, I'm judgment free. That's why I wanted you on my podcast. You are amazing. The definition of one sick B Monet hmm, is a strong individual 
that fights or faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life threw at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness and you're embracing everybody and educating else, everybody else. So Monet, I certified one sick B, certified you one sick B. And thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brandy. Honestly, this podcast and this, this recording right now has been so meaningful. And I hope I have shared a proper, authentic version of myself. I thank you for certifying me as one sick B. I love everything that this brand stands for. And I hope to be able to live up to this properly because I know I'm still in this weird metamorphosis. No, you've already lived up to it. That that's something I want you before you to the takeaway from this podcast is you're being seen, you're being heard. Even when people you think you're not being seen, you're not being heard. You are being seen, you are heard. You are fantabulous. Don't never, ever, ever second guess or doubt yourself because you're out here and you're winning. I don't know how I came across you, but I was blessed when I came across you. And I was going to shoot my shot, as I say, to add, to have the interview with you. I always say, I'm going to shoot my shot. I tell my friends, like, I'm going to shoot my shot. And uh, and I thank you for receiving who I am and what my brand and to understand my brand. So I appreciate you. Uh, women, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for listening to One Sick Bee Podcast. Uh, you can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, One Sick Bee Podcast uh, on iHeartRadio, Spotify. I appreciate everybody for listening to this episode of One Sick B and everybody have a great afternoon. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt it to the pain and you got used to hurting. You're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding, and I'm with that You're such a fighter, and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war